Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. I am recording this. I've told you guys before that I record my podcast closet is my actual closet. And of course, there's no air conditioning in my closet. So here in Florida in September, in a closet with no air conditioning, it's really hot. So I have to keep going out in between episodes. I've recorded three tonight. And I have to go out in between and go out and, you know, catch my breath and get some air and cool down. So this is the last one of the night. and I'm kind of excited about that, but I got some good stuff for you. So I want to talk about recruiters. So again, this whole quarter has been just sort of random topics that I get asked questions about. So like, what do my clients want to know about? I get a lot of questions about recruiters. So I want to kind of break it down into what kind of recruiters are out there and how you can view them. So the question I specifically get from my clients or prospective clients is, should I be connecting with recruiters? If I'm job searching, is that the way to go about it? So I have some pretty strong opinions about this. So let me kind of give you a rundown. So as a general rule of thumb, I prefer recruiters to be part of your long-term career management strategy rather than part of your active job search. And I'm going to explain that and why I, why I feel that way. I also want you to keep in mind that recruiter and headhunter for my purposes are synonymous terms. So if you have heard the term headhunter, just substitute that for recruiter. It's the same thing. So there's two primary types of recruiters that I want to share with you with some other flavors thrown in the mix. Now, I also want to make it clear that we're talking about what are called third-party recruiters. So if you think about a company, so let's just say, um, let's just use Blue Cross Blue Shield as an example, right? So it's a big company. They have people in their human resource department with the job title recruiter, and they are recruiting for Blue Cross Blue Shield exclusively. They are employees of Blue Cross Blue Shield. They're the ones going to career fairs and, you know, and they're doing the the interviews and all of that kind of stuff. So they are not third-party recruiters. They are recruiters employed by the company. Third-party recruiters are a separate company who have, in, in some sort of, depending on what kind of firm they are, they have some kind of an arrangement with the company to help bring employees in. And that's what we're going to be talking about is third-party recruiters. So first of all, there are contingency firms, and these are what I call one of many. So contingency firms are competing against each other to bring in the winning candidate to an employer. So an employer might either say, you know, they might have a half a dozen contingency firms that they farm job titles out. It's like, so here's a job posting, put it out there and bring me some people. Other contingency firms are kind of farming job boards and that kind of stuff to see what jobs are out there and trying to bring people in. So this is this is usually for kind of mid-level positions or hard to hire for positions, maybe entry level, but it's usually kind of mid-level. So it's if you think about it from the company's perspective, they're going to be paying someone else to help get this person in and it might be you know 10 to 20 percent of whatever that first year salary would be now that money's not coming out of the employees paycheck it's coming out of the company but it will be equal to some percentage of that first year salary for that person so they're not going to put that out there they're not going to give that money up unless they need to do that to hire the position you'll actually see oftentimes on job postings 
you know, no recruiters, no third-party agencies allowed. So they're making it very clear that they are not open to receiving positions from third-party recruiters. They do not want to pay that fee out. Contingency firms will often pre-screen candidates ahead of an actual job opening. So a lot of my clients have said to me that they're in the middle of a job search. They get a call and they, they go through this process, lots of hoops, lots of interviews. They do some maybe some um, assessments. They do some online screening and all this stuff. And then they only find out later after all that that this is a contingency firm who has kind of put them in you know, a database for the future. So if you think about this idea of many contingency firms hear about, here's this job and we need to fill it, and whoever sends us the candidate that gets the job gets the money and nobody else does, it's an arms race, right? So what they're going to want to do and the way they operate is they're working on volume and they're going to want to have you in their database before the job ever posts. So they might either be, you know, recruiting in a certain kind of space like the tech space or the healthcare space. So they're trying to get as many people into their database that they could possibly use down the road or maybe it's just a more general thing and they're just getting any kind of employee in there. So if you're in an active job search, that's not a good use of your time right? Because they're looking to the future. You're trying to get a position now. So the first question I want you to ask if a recruiter reaches out to you, or if you meet a recruiter in some kind of setting, you want to say, are you a contingency firm? That's the keyword, contingency. And you're going to hear what the alternative to this is, and it's going to make more sense to you. So if they are a contingency firm, then you're going to want to know, like, what are you doing? Is there an actual position available right now that you're trying to fill for? Or is this for down the road? And again, I wouldn't waste my time messing with them if I'm not, if they are not looking for something right now. Now, if you're not in active job search mode and you just want to get in their coffers for down the road, that's fine. But if you're actively job searching, that's probably not a good use of your time. In terms of building long-term relationships with contingency recruiters, I would recommend doing that with only maybe three. And the reason for this is that recruiters don't want to mess with somebody who's connected to other recruiters. So if they're competing to get the same, like this, like this job at Blue Cross Blue Shield, there's, there's recruiter A, recruiter B, and recruiter C, and they're all trying to get people there. If recruiter C sees that you're already connected to recruiter A and recruiter B, you can see how that can be a problem with whose client is this really? Who actually brought this person forward? Who should get the money? And so there comes a point at which the recruiters kind of want to be hands off from somebody if it looks like they're connected to too many recruiters. So that's contingency firms. The other type of firm is a retained search firm. Retained search firms have an exclusive contract with the company. So rather than being one of many, they are exclusive. And they are typically going to shepherd candidates through the hiring process from soup to nuts, right? So they're going to, they do things like, like a needs assessment. Like they might go in with the company and determine what's the bench strength. So is there an internal or their internal candidates that could possibly fill the role. They might help develop the job description. They might uh, help them with this um, compensation package. They might, uh, certainly they're going to advertise for the job. They're going to recruit people. They're going to go interview them. Oftentimes, you know, go meet them in an airport somewhere and interview them. Um, And then they'll even negotiate the salary. So it's a very high touch 
process as opposed to the kind of high volume process of the contingency firms. They are also going to be paid a percentage of the candidate's annual salary, and that's going to happen regardless of whether their candidate gets chosen or not. So for obvious reasons, when a company hires a retained search firm, they pretty much are then hands off with the hiring process. They're not even going to market, like they're not going to advertise that that job is available on any site of theirs because they're paying this other company to do this. They're paying a lot of money for the other company to do this and, and they don't want to, you know, be doing the same kind of work. This is typically for more executive level jobs or really hard to fill, very highly technical jobs. And then again, same thing with the contingency firms in the sense that they can be be very niche. So there might be a, a retained search firm that focuses on like higher education. We actually, there's one that I was very connected with and still am um, and it's in specifically in the higher education space. They can be specific to, you know, CEO, filling CEO positions or maybe a tech, the technical industry or something like that. The way that retained search firms work, because it's so high touch, they are typically not trying to fill any kind of a database for the future. They're, de they're dealing with what they have a contract on now. It doesn't serve them to go out there and, you know, find all the CEOs because in a year from now they may need, a, you know, to fill a CP CEO position. The kind of jobs that they're working with are very specific and until they have that contract from that employer and they know exactly what the employer is looking for for that position they don't have any business going out they don't have any reason to go out and just randomly source people so if you get a call and they say I'm a retained search firm then you know that they're hiring for a position right then and there now you want to still ask that question and they're not going to be able to tell you that it's, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield or whoever the company is. They're going to want to keep that to themselves at that point. But they can tell you, yes, I have a position and they'll have some details that they could tell you about that would give you enough to know whether, you know, you would be interested in that job or not. You know, in terms of the question that I get asked by my clients about whether I should be reaching out to recruiters, it's even a bit more kind of ludicrous to think about trying to source retained recruiters when you're in an active job search because each one of those recruiters is likely only going to deal with a handful of jobs per so if you've got a firm and it's got you know 10 recruiters in it each recruiter is only going to deal with a handful of job postings every year because of how high touch it is so the chances of you finding the recruiter who is looking for you at the same time you're looking for them, it's like a needle in a haystack. So I think it's really crazy. And of course, for, for many of you that aren't at that executive level, you know, you're not at the retained search firm level yet anyway. You don't have to worry about that. So what's the kind of bottom line here? What does all this mean for you? I would say as a long-term career management strategy, it's a really good idea to connect with a few recruiters, whether they're retained or, or, or contingency firm have some people like that. If they reach out to you on LinkedIn and you're interested in cultivating that relationship, you like what you see, you know, on their profile, maybe the company looks good that they represent, you know, go ahead. And I'm going to give you some ways to kind of add value to them as you kind of build this relationship. LinkedIn is going to be your place to find recruiters. So you can search, you can search on recruiters. That's where recruiters are finding you. Again, you can accept their invitations. You could find some that you might want to connect with as long as it's not too many. 
And here's just three ways that I think you can be super valuable to these people before you ever engage in conversation with them about a position. So number one, if you can send people their way, so you, let's say you set up a relationship with a, a contingency recruiter who operates in the you know, IT software development space. And so you've got a friend who is in the IT software space. Maybe you say, hey, can I, can I, would you go talk to this recruiter so you can kind of connect the two of them? They will appreciate the fact that even though you're not a good candidate for them, maybe never or maybe right now, you can send people their way that would be a good fit for them. You can also be a source of insider industry information. I don't mean like private information that you're, you know, you you would be divulging about your company, but just like, hey, did you know that this new thing is coming, or I, I keep hearing about this is a big deal. So nothing, again, nothing that's proprietary that would get you in trouble, but just information that would be useful to them. They would appreciate it. Maybe an article comes out that's specific to their space, and you share that with them. And then the third thing it's just keeping them posted on you. So if you are a potential candidate for down the road and then you get a master's degree or you get an advanced certification or you get a new job title, just shooting that to them so that they have that for their files and they know, you know what your current credentials are. So as a short-term job strategy, I would say talk to the recruiters who reach out to you, but I wouldn't waste time trying to find recruiters who might have a position for you. So again, if they reach out to you, your first question is, are you a contingency firm? And then again, if they are, that doesn't necessarily mean you want to hang up on them, but you do want to get a little bit more information because typically they aren't going to be hiring. They're not going to be talking to you about current positions. So the best way to attract recruiters, this is the final point that I want to make, is going to, ha is going to be to have a top-notch LinkedIn profile. This is where recruiters live day in and day out. They pay the bills, is what I say. They keep the lights on at LinkedIn. So they're on there all day, every day. And they have specific parts of your profile that they can search on to find suitable candidates. And if you'd like help with that, if you want to know, how do I make my, my profile more attractive to recruiters? Where are the most important parts of the LinkedIn profile? Reach out to me for a consult, and I'll be glad to have that conversation with you, and I can let you know what it would look like for me to write your LinkedIn profile for you. Um, the final thing I will say about LinkedIn, as I've said before, it is not a cut and paste of your resume. No, 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 no. And that's what most people have done. They just cut and pasted it. It's impersonal because that's the way the resume should be written. No first, no personal pronouns, you know, very businessy. And it doesn't, it's not like a conversation. And that's what I want your LinkedIn profile to be like. You're conversing with the reader. And so it's definitely not a cut and paste of your resume, and there's different strategies involved. So if all of that is mystifying to you, and how to use LinkedIn is mystifying to you in this regard of, you know, connecting with recruiters, being attractive to recruiters, reach out to me. So this one's a fairly short one today. I said what I wanted to say. So contingency firms, retain search firms, know the difference, ask the questions. And it's not really part of a short-term job search strategy, but more of a long-term career management strategy. All right, hook me up with a five-star review if you love this podcast as much as you say you do, because you guys keep writing me and telling me you love it. You're reaching out to me on LinkedIn and telling me you loved it. So, so write me a review. Give me a five-star rating. 
reach out to me at lisa lesa at exclusivecareercoaching.com you can visit my youtube channel uh, which is lisa edwards and there's lots of really great videos about all kinds of career management topics i don't know how many videos i've got on there now instagram is lisa.edwards linkedin for sure I live on LinkedIn, too. Me and the recruiters, we're on there all the time. And uh, let's see, uh, Facebook is Exclusive Career Coaching. So I will see you next week, guys. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.